President Trump commuted the criminal sentence of longtime friend and supporter Roger Stone last week. Many Americans believe this commutation was long overdue since the prosecution of Roger Stone was politically motivated and based on the thinnest of gruel. In the end, Roger Stone was convicted of seven process crimes, and no American was ever charged or convicted with colluding with Russia to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. You would think that justice, having been served, this presidential action would become a historical footnote. But instead, it is the latest weapon of the left to try to take down President Trump, remove him from office, and regain power. I will tell you why. I'm Gail Trotter, host of The Gail Trotter Show. I'm a liberty-loving and tyranny-hating lawyer based in your nation's capital. My goal is to keep you informed and to be your spokesman in Washington, D.C. Subscribe to my show below so you don't miss a daily episode. Hit the bell and tell me what topics you would like me to cover next. I have two points that I want to share with you today about the commutation of Roger Stone's sentence. First, the same people howling about the Stone commutation cheered or were silent on Obama and Clinton's self-serving pardons and commutations of sentences. I'm going to link down below to this excellent article by Andy McCarthy. He's a former federal prosecutor, and he writes about legal and constitutional issues. You see him frequently on Fox News. This article is entitled, Trump Spares Stone from Imprisonment, Sparkling Howls from Amnesiac Democrats. And Andy goes through the many questionable pardons and commutations of sentences that happened under the last two Democratic administrations, President Obama and President Bill Clinton. Looking back at President Clinton's administration, President Clinton pardoned his brother, He also pardoned a key witness in the Whitewater scandal. The Whitewater scandal was something that implicated Bill and Hillary Clinton. Clinton also pardoned three others who were convicted in independent counsel Ken Starr's probe. Bill Clinton pardoned Mark Rich, which Andy McCarthy rightly points out was a straight-up political payoff. Bill Clinton pardoned his CIA director, his HUD secretary, eight people who were convicted while serving during the Clinton administration in the Agricultural Department. He commuted sentences of convicted terrorists that Obama ended up doing the coup de grace, and he convicted the head terrorist of this group, Oscar Lopez Rivera who Annie McCarthy points out was a defiantly unrepentant fallen leader. Going into Obama's administration, Obama pardoned Bradley Manning, who was a U.S. soldier responsible for massive amounts of national security information being leaked to WikiLeaks to put on the internet and be available to all of our enemies across the world who want to do us harm. President Obama pardon his joint former joint chiefs of staff vice chairman 
He used the pardon and commuting power to slash the drug sentences when he couldn't get federal reform of drug laws as he wanted. And I think Andy does a great job of pointing out how the Obama administration completely distorted the law to give Hillary a complete pass on the things that she did as Secretary of State, in particular related to her email, and having that on a secret server where it was subjected to uh, hacking by foreign governments and leaking and misuse by people who want ill harm to come to the United States. Andy also points out that President Obama's administration obstructed the Fast and Furious investigation, and he also basically let off the CIA from their spying on the Senate Intelligence Committee. And one thing that I wrote a lot about and talked a lot about at the time that it was going on, the Obama administration turned a complete blind eye to the abuses at the IRS, particularly related to the 2012 election and trying to use the nonprofit office to suppress the efforts of people who were opposing President Obama's reelection to not allow them to have this vehicle to be able to organize and uh, get the information out about the harmfulness of President Obama's policies and the first term of his administration. You might remember President Obama said there was not a smidgen of corruption at the IRS. And I wrote an article about that I'll link to down below just to refresh your memory. And I think Andy McCarthy sets out the facts surrounding Roger Stone's conviction and the commuting of his prison sentence by President Trump so well in this article, so I highly commend it to you. It's not a very long article to read, and I think he sums it up very well. He was charged with the nonviolent obstruction of a bogusly based and ridiculously over-prosecuted investigation. And we're seeing right now, as Andy points out, that jurisdictions around the country are letting felons out based on the coronavirus pandemic and concerns for their health and safety. And President Trump commuted Roger Stone's sentence, but he did not wipe away the felony conviction. Stone can continue to appeal his conviction, and there are many reasons to suspect that he might be successful at getting his conviction thrown out, not the least of which was the bias of the foreman of his jury. And I think Andy puts it very well in this quote, I'll read to you. Just please spare us the righteous indignation if you'd be perfectly happy to have the Clintons or the Obama-Biden team back in power making the clemency calls. And Andy McCarthy also points out, you might remember this name, Andrew Weissman. He was a head leader of the Mueller investigation probe and prosecutions. And now he is an overt Biden surrogate. He was originally going to host a fundraising event for Joe Biden's presidential campaign. So this is a guy who's one of the top people on the Mueller investigation. And when he retires from government, then he becomes a political partisan hack and tries to raise money to get Joe Biden elected and put in the Oval Office. 
Andy McCarthy calls out Andrew Weissman for a basic legal point that Andy Weissman got wrong. Andy Weissman made the argument in the mainstream media that the prosecutor should go after Roger Stone and get him to give information under grand jury testimony. And yet Andy McCarthy points out that Andrew Weissman is wrong on this legal point and that he is yet again another person whose legal judgment has been completely distorted by Trump derangement syndrome. And he should know that Roger Stone would still have the Fifth Amendment available to him because he's still in the process of appealing his conviction, so it's not a final judgment. So this is just yet another example of how the rules are different. The Democrats want to apply rules to Republicans that they don't apply to their own presidents. People like Andy Weissman, Andrew Weissman, who is a top Mueller prosecutor, he doesn't, he, he just completely forgets his legal training in his effort to get Trump. And Andy McCarthy goes through this so well saying, you know, it's just really hypocritical for Democrats to be squealing about this when they don't apply the same standards to their own guys when they're in office. The second point that I would like to share with you today about the commutation of Roger Stone's sentence is that this is yet another example of the mainstream media pretending to be neutral and to rely on, quote, legal experts, end quote. Yet they're really promoting leftist talking points. So the this is yet another example where the mainstream media is picking up the talking points of the Democrat Party and of the leftists who want to regain power and trying to put that out there as neutral and objective. So I'm going to link down below to this article on the CNN website entitled, The People Who Zip By While Trump Sets Roger Stone Free. It was written by Jennifer Taub, a professor at Western New England University School of Law, and Joshua A. Getzler a professor at Georgetown University Law School. That's what the CNN description of the two authors refers to, just those things, that they're professors at an esteemed law school and another law school, and it doesn't reveal that Getzler was a national security officer during the years 2015 to 2017. <clears throat> well, who was in office? Who was in the Oval Office 2015 to 2017. That would be President Obama. So uh, went going back into some reportage of where this gentleman has commented before, and I'm going to link down below to this piece on a local news station, and they asked him for a comment about the Russia hoax investigation. Of course, they didn't call it that. And Joshua Getzler responded, I looked back at the 2016 investigation and I found the concern justified, not political. So this is a guy who's being appealed to by the mainstream media as an expert, as objective, as neutral, and yet he was part of the very national security apparatus that politically targeted people in President Trump's uh, campaign and, and his top advisors, even his national security advisor that he had selected, and they went after them with unrelenting uh, purpose and determination. So this guy, I don't know how he was involved in it. He might not have been involved in it at all. Who knows? But it's 
it's remarkable that the mainstream media would go and ask his opinion about something and not reveal that he was part of the very apparatus that is called into question in looking back at the origins of the Russia investigation. So just scrolling through his Twitter feed, I thought it was very interesting that he tweets about the Bolton book that was very critical of Donald Trump. And he had to go through, Bolton had to go through a review by the um, national security folks to make sure that the book was not giving any information that could be used by our enemies against us that's highly classified. It's the typical thing that you know people in DC who serve in these high positions and then they wanna write a book about their experience, you have to go through this review. And this author, Joshua Geltzer, when he was asked about John Bolton's book review by the federal government, he said, before it was released, he said, it's an abuse of power. So there's another example of where taking an itch issue that you could come down on either way, if you're really neutral or objective, he goes with the Democrat and leftist talking points. He frequently uh, tweet retweets Adam Schiff and others on the left on topics of the day. So I wasn't able to find anything in his tweet history that I scanned through this morning to see where he has shown a neutrality or not a bias. I mean, he's just right in line with all of the leftist Democrat talking points. What about the other author, Jennifer Taub? So I looked at her tweet history too, and I'm gonna show a couple of her tweets as I discuss this. Uh, she was so excited when President Obama tweeted or revealed that he was gonna be supporting Joe Biden in the 2020 presidential election, and she wrote on Twitter, bam, Obama, here we go. I could watch this on a loop. And seems like she's pretty excited that President Obama is endorsing Joe Biden. Doesn't seem sarcastic or flippant to me. She also retweets the Lincoln Project, which you know is run by a bunch of people who ostensibly say they're Republicans, but they're doing everything to fight any Republican principle that I've ever known in my entire life. And uh, obviously that's the only kind of Republican that this woman, Jennifer Taub, likes. Third, she has tweeted positively about President Trump's niece's derogatory book that has been in the news a lot. Seems downright giddy that this book attacking President Trump is being released and that the courts are allowing it to be re released. Uh, number four, she had a tweet entitled Felons and Trump, and she goes through the felons who are affiliated with Trump. I couldn't find a similar one about President Obama and felons or President Clinton and felons. It's almost like she has an agenda and she's only presenting one side of the political story. Finally, on her Wikipedia entry, I'll link down below, it says, now, take Wikipedia with a grain of salt, but it says she sponsored the tax march, which was an effort to get President Trump to reveal his tax returns, and they styled it on the Women's March. So I think it's pretty clear that she's 
not just an objective, neutral law professor trying to uphold the rule of law in the country and to make sure that uh, fine legal distinctions are explained to the general public who don't have the expertise in law that she does. So reading this article by Taub and, and Getzler, what do they have to say about President Trump's presidential action of commuting Roger Stone's sentence? They call, first of all, the, the com commutation of the sentence, they call it an outrageous step, outrageous. And as I said, I went back and tried to look for both of them and see where they called any of President Obama's or any of President Clinton's uh, pardons or, or commutations of sentences as being outrageous, but I couldn't find any. Now, granted, I didn't spend hours and hours poring over it, but you would think it would come up pretty quickly if they had with rudimentary uh, searching. So then secondly, in this article, they say, quote, Many of us who teach and write about the law were angered about the commutation. So think about that. She's making the point that she is a, a teacher of law and she writes about the law. So she's trying to put it out there that she's part of this illustrious group who teach and write about the law. She does have a point that the law as a profession leans left and that legal academia leans heavily left. But this sounds to me like she is appealing to authority, to her authority as a neutral teacher and writer of the law. But clearly she is a partisan hack in this situation. The third thing that this article reveals is that she is coming up with new talking points or playing into the talking points of the left. She and he advance the argument that Roger Stone saying that the prosecutors were putting pressure on him to turn on Trump is, quote, an admission of quid pro quo bribery. Where have we heard this before? Mm, maybe last summer and fall when all the left could talk about was the quid pro quo slash bribery of the administration in regard to Ukraine. It's almost like they can't come up with any other arguments. So then she goes, she and he go forward with this about the quid pro quo bribery, and they try to use that as the building block to build a case for impeachment. Where does that sound like we have heard it before? Of course, we just went through an impeachment trial that failed. It was yet another attempt to take down Donald Trump that began as soon as he announced his uh, candidacy as he went down the staircase in Trump Tower in July of 2015. And it is an unremitting effort by the left and the Democrat Party to wrest power away from President Trump and his voters and his supporters. So as you continue on in this article, she has she and he have praise for Mitt Romney. They're so happy that he has faulted President Trump for this clemency for Roger Stone. They give a little bit of faint praise for Senator Pat Toomey from Pennsylvania, who made some derogatory comments about the clemency for Roger Stone. But it's interesting, the only Republican that I can find that they've praised really strongly anywhere in their writing is for Mitt Romney, who they say was the only person 
in the history of our country who has ever voted against his party in an impeachment proceeding. So the only Republican they find as a good Republican is one who goes against a manifest injustice, a power grab by the um, Democrat left. So then they, how do they characterize President Trump in this article? They call him an out of control president based on a pardon and a commutation. So interesting that they didn't call President Clinton or President Obama out of control when they pardoned lots of people that were, you know, rightly convicted, were problematic, were threats to the community. They didn't have that out of control president moniker for President Obama or President Clinton. What is the difference between these presidents, I wonder? Could it be their agenda and their party? Then finally, for the piece de resistance of this article, they say, quote, the lawless commutation of Stone's sentence is the smoking gun. And then they compare it to the Nixon case because everything is Nixon through the eyes of the left. They just want him out. They want President Trump out of the Oval Office. They don't only want him out of the Oval Office, they want him to be reviled, reviled by history, reviled by Americans. They're doing everything to not only wrest power from President Trump and the Republican Party, but also to make them radioactive and toxic so that no one can publicly support them or admit their support for them. And this is just part of that overall effort to do this. They want Democrats and leftists to regain federal power. They cry the word constitution. But that word doesn't mean the same thing to you and me that it means to them. They keep trying this argument about quid pro quo, bribery, impeachment, without the logical consistency in their arguments in favor of it. So in summation, Roger Stone faced a political prosecution when he publicly advocated Donald Trump as a candidate for president that went into overdrive when Donald Trump defied the expert opinions and the bad polling to win the 2016 presidential election. You might not like or admire Roger Stone, but we are not supposed to investigate, prosecute, convict, and jail people merely because we don't like them. Roger Stone said that he was praying for President Trump to intervene. He said Trump would save his life. No one can forget the broadcast on CNN of Roger Stone's home being violently raided by law enforcement officers. Stone has already lived a nightmare none of us would like to endure through this investigation, prosecution, and public vilification. President Trump said it best when he tweeted that Roger Stone, quote, was a victim of a corrupt and illegal witch hunt, which one day will go down as the greatest political crime in history. He can sleep well at night. If the left has its way, though, none of us will sleep well at night. I'm going to ask you to do two things. Please praise President Trump on social media and through the White House contact form linked below for commuting Roger Stone's 
sentence and ask him to consider giving Roger Stone a full pardon. Also, please politely let CNN and other mainstream media outlets know that they should disclose the political leanings of their opinion writers and not hold them out as neutral legal observers. Thank you so much for joining me today. Subscribe below, hit the bell, and comment on what topics you would like me to cover next. Thanks for listening to The Gail Trotter Show, right in D.C. Be sure to sign up for her mailing list on her website, gailtrotter.com, and also follow her on Twitter, at Gail Trotter, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe now, it's easy. Thanks for listening. Share the truth. Share The Gail Trotter Show.